Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. I'm going to try, and I've just purpose to do this this morning. I want to go slow. <laughs> and I have, to, I have to talk myself into that because I can pick up speed like a freight train. Because I get, you know, happy and excited about where I'm going and I just start picking up, it's like my music, you know, it just picks up speed. But I want to slow this down because this, there's so much that we take for granted on this topic. You've heard this scripture, a number of you, many times over. I want to do it more slowly today. So I invite you, please, um, if you're like me, you can't have distractions. If I have distractions, you know, I'm like, you know, here, there, everywhere. I have to hone in. I have to consciously hone in. I invite you to do that. Uh, I just really believe God's word. Uh really requires that kind of allegiance to it. So Psalms 139, verse 13, here it is. For you, God, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full and well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Father in heaven, we just bow our hearts just this moment and ask God, Help us to understand what you want to say to us this morning. We ask that in your all-knowing name. Amen. You are not an accident. I don't care what mom or dad said to you. You may be an accident to them, but you are not an accident. That's what God is saying. And I can take you to a number of scriptures. I was listening to a number of scriptures this morning before we came on. You're not an accident. Your parents may not have planned for you, but God did. Long before you were conceived by your mom and dad, you were conceived in the mind of God. He thought of you first. No coincidence. Because God wanted you. I'm slowing this down because this is so important. You got to believe this because everything the enemy would tell you is opposite to that or contrary. God wanted you. God prescribed every detail of your body. He deliberately chose your race, your language, the color of your skin, your hair, and every other feature about you. God custom made your body just the way he wanted it. Now, okay, you may be a little rounder than he had planned, but he custom made your body just the way he wanted it. He also determined the natural talents you would possess and the uniqueness of your personality. I've been talking to a number of people this week because I have three different 
groups of people that I disciple throughout every week. And, and, and I was talking to almost, we were talking about this. And one of the things I was saying, I said, um, the things we thought were deformities, uh, problems, uh, God saw that. Now, that doesn't mean God makes imperfection. Because we are in a sin-saturated society and world, and we are affected by that. But God was there, and he is here. And, and one person I was talking to, I said, imagine, imagine what would happen. And actually, it was my son. I was talking with my son. We had this conversation. He was born cleft palate, cleft lip. When he was born, they took him away immediately. I didn't get to see him for, Lori and I didn't get to see him for about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, and that's always a problem, right? And we're going, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? And uh, because we didn't know that. Now they'll tell you that before they're born. The doctor slipped out of the room, came back a few minutes later. We, hadn't even, we didn't even hold our son in our hands yet. And he came back and then he brought our son over. And he said, before I show him to you, he began to explain what cleft lip and cleft palate was. And he had quite a case of it. And uh, he explained uh, how this is one in 1,500 people are born with this, that the roof of the mouth and lip does not form properly in the mother's womb. Therefore, there's a gap. Um, that child is healthy in every other aspect. And this can be corrected. And when he had stepped out of the room, uh, and he was a Pentecostal doctor, we were blessed to have this guy as our doctor. He was the only doctor we had for the birth of our son. And he stepped out of the room, and he called another Pentecostal orthodontist in the city of London, said, hey, I got a person right here just born. Can we set an appointment? And 10 weeks into after our son's birth, he had his first surgery to begin to correct this. And he would undergo in his life, I think it was six major surgeries to correct it, starting at 10 weeks, if you can imagine. They put a plate in his mouth, the screw, we had to turn the screw, begin to bring his mouth together. And, and so successful were they that his face is in a textbook to this day uh, across North America for this particular procedure that he underwent. Him and I were talking, and I said, what would happen if that didn't happen in your life? Because that changed everything in our lives. And, and we, he doesn't hold resentment. We don't hold resentment. But we saw how God's plan and formation gave direction to our lives. Really believe that. And so, Psalms 139. Can we read it again? And we're going to do the last few verses. Here we are. Pick it up, verse 15. In verse 15, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. I mean, if God is looking at you, how can we ever go wrong, right? All the days ordained for me. Another word for that is appointed. All the days appointed. Another word, assigned. All the days assigned for me. Ordain's a better word because it means it was God-given. But it means appointed, it means assigned. All the days have been assigned. For me were written in your book before I was born. Before any of them came to be. The title of what we're talking about, is, and we're doing a series, Doing Life Together. Uh, if you haven't been tracking with us, go on the website. Uh, this is number 19 of the series. And it's about that we take what we're learning here and we digest it throughout the week and let's do life together, understanding how God has made us unique. He really has. And because God made you for this reason, he also decided when you would be born. 
He was the one who chose that. He decided how long you're going to live. Now, if you're listening to this and watching this, we don't know the end of that yet. Praise God for that, right? How long you will live. But God knows. He planned the days of your life in advance, choosing the exact time of your birth and the day you will step out of this tent, this skin of yours. Verse 16, it says, All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. All of them were set in place. And then he started the process day one of your birth. He also planned where you would be born. So where were you born? Because God planned that. He also planned where you would live to live out those purposes because he has assignment. And so you were placed uniquely where you've been placed. Your race, your nationality, none of it's an accident, he's saying. God left no detail to chance. Acts chapter 17, verse 6. Read this with me. From one man he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. Now watch this. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundary of their lands. You see that? Nothing in your life is arbitrary. And most amazingly, not only how you, or not only that you would be born, where you would be born, but how you would be born. Regardless of the circumstances of your birth or who your mom and dad are, God had a plan in creating you. It doesn't matter whether your mom and dad are good people or whether your mom and dad are bad people or whether your mom or dad are indifferent or you don't even know who they are. It doesn't matter because God knew that those two individuals possessed the right genetic makeup to create a custom you. And it was the you he had in mind and he created it. Your mom and dad had the DNA God wanted you to have. God designed it. That's pretty amazing. And I hope I went slow enough through that because seriously, I could not go over that again and do it an injustice. There's a song I came across. I was, I was putting this together and just thinking about it and writing these things out. And the song popped into my mind. And I'll be honest, this song has not come into my mind for, I'm going to say, decades. And it popped into my mind. And it was amazing. I knew most of the song. I could remember it. And I learned this song way back when I was on Teen Missions. And the song's entitled, I know you've been waiting, the song, some of you, if you know this song, it dates you. I'm just telling you. The song is entitled, If I Were a Butterfly. Did you know it? And, uh, and so it's really funny, If I Were a Butterfly. Now, my editing team, they told me when they edited this part and they put this part on, they actually stopped and they had a family sing song and they went through the actions. They taught their family this. So I suggested to put the person back on to do the actions and they chose not to do that. And I'm not going to do the actions either, but this is a fabulous song. Let me just give you the words. And if you know it, go ahead, sing it, do the actions. It'll be a lot of fun. And chances are you're a grandma or a grandpa, age bracket, if you all, if you know this song. So let me just do it. If I were a butterfly, I'd thank you, Lord, for giving me wings. And if I were a robin in a tree, I'd thank you, Lord, that I could sing. And if I were a fish in the sea, I'd wiggle my tail and I'd giggle with glee. I just thank you, Father, for making me me. If I were an elephant, 
I thank you, Lord, for raising my trunk. And if I were a kangaroo, I'd just hop right up to you. And if I were an octopus, I'd thank you, Lord, for my good looks. But I just thank you, Father, for making me, me. If I were a wiggly worm, I'd thank you, Lord, that I could squirm. And if I were a crocodile, I thank you, Lord, for my big smile. And if I were a fuzzy wuzzy bear, I thank you, Lord, for my fuzzy wuzzy hair. At this point, you turn and you just shuffle somebody's hair next to you. But I just thank you, Father, for making me, me. The chorus goes, because you gave me a heart, you gave me a smile, you gave me Jesus, and you made me your child. I just thank you, Father, for making me, me. It's a great song. Because it, of all creation, we're the ones he uniquely made after his image. Thought of him and designed by him before the first day we were born. And while there are illegitimate parents, there are no illegitimate children. I'm going to say that again. While there are illegitimate parents, there are no illegitimate children. Many children unplanned by their parents, but every single one born or taken before birth were planned by God. God's purpose took into account human error and human sin. Ephesians 1, verse 5, the Message Bible says, Long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind and settled on us as the focus of his love. Mm, let's do that one again. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. We, we're not an afterthought in the creation. We're not just, you know, day six in creation. We're not just at the end of it all. We are, we're the focus of why this creation underwent how it was. More physicists, biologists, and scientists, the more they learn about our universe, the better we understand how it is uniquely suited for our existence. This last week, we've been celebrating the landing of the rover on Mars, but the universe, how it's been set up, custom made with exact specifications for us to exist. Dr. Michael Denton, senior research fellow in human molecular genetics at the University in New Zealand. He says this, quote, all the evidence available in the biological sciences support the core proposition that the cosmos is a, is a specially designed whole with life and mankind as its fundamental goal and purpose. A whole in which all facets of reality have their meaning and explanation in this central fact. Okay, I can see some of you going, huh? Let me just do that again. He's saying, I'm going to, all the evidence is there. He's saying, all the evidence available in science comes to this core purpose. Here it is. That the cosmos is specially designed whole with life and mankind as its goal and purpose. Everything was created. Everything out there 
is designed with its core purpose being the goal, uh, mankind as its goal and purpose. And that is the meaning and central focus of life. So why did God do this? Because the Bible says God is love. This kind of love is really hard for you and I to understand. You're going to spend your life trying to understand it because we have to get through the muck and mire of lovelessness around us. But God is love. And he is reliable. You were created as a special object of God's love. God made you so he could love you. <laughs> Say that again. God made you so he could love you. This is a truth built into your being. The Bible tells us God is love. It doesn't say God has love for you. It says God is love. God is the essence. Love is the essence and the core of his very character. You see that in the perfect fellowship of the Trinity. God didn't need to create you. God was not lonely. He wanted you so he could express his love to you. Isaiah 46 tells us this. Verse 3, let's look at it. God says, I've been carrying you on my back from the day you were born, and I'll keep on carrying you when you're old. I'll be there bearing you when you're old and gray. I've done it and will keep on doing it, carrying you on my back, saving you. Russell Kelfer wrote a poem. It's become a fairly well-known poem. You can find it easily on the internet. It's entitled, You Are Who You Are for a Reason. I thought I'd put this poem up today. You are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You're a precious, perfect, unique design called God's special woman or man. You look like you look for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you together within the womb. You're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose. And no matter how you feel, they were custom designed with God's plan in mind. And they bear the master's seal. No, that trauma you faced was not easy. And God wept that it hurt you so but it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you'd grow. You are who you are for a reason. You've been formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. Here's the reason we're talking about this. The way you see your life will shape your life. You need to know how you came. You need to know how much God loves you. Because if you, if that twisted, if that's been perverted or taken or stolen from you, your life is shaped in a different way. How you define life will determine your destiny. Your perspective will influence how you invest your time every day, every week, every month, every year. How you perceive yourself will determine what you invest your time. It will determine where you spend your money, of how you see yourself. How you see yourself will determine what you give your talents to, 
How you see yourself will determine the value you place in relationships. You see, if we don't see ourselves right, then all that other stuff gets skewed. So how do you see yourself? I want to ask you the question, what is your view of life? Because that is such an important question. And to answer this, I think we have to answer another question. What drives your life? What drives your life? Because guaranteed there are things driving every one of our lives. Let me put out some common things that are driving many people's lives. For many people, they're driven by guilt. They spend their entire lives running from regrets and hiding from shame. There are many people manipulated by their memories and they can't shake them. They unconsciously punish themselves and go about sabotaging their futures. Why? They're driven by guilt. Many people are driven by resentment and anger. <laughs> Isn't that an angry face? Resentment and anger. I have talked to a number of people when I have worked with them to try to work through areas of forgiveness. And some will be honest with me and they said, I don't want to forgive. Because all my life I've lived with anger and resentment and I'm driven by vengefulness. And if I don't have that, the drive of my life stops. And I try to encourage them, that is a bad drive. It'll take you places you don't want to go. And it'll destroy things that you value. Driven by resentment and anger. Instead of releasing your pain through forgiveness, you rehearse it over and over. And so you can't be with the person a few minutes and they're rehearsing their pain again. Resentment. Anger. Many people are driven by fear. Fear comes in many different ways, but however fear comes, fear-driven people miss the greatest opportunity of venturing out in life because they're too afraid. Driven by fear. Many people are driven by materialism. The misconception that more will make you more happy, more will make you more successful, more will make you somehow more important, it'll make you more secure. Listen, your value is not determined by your valuables. Your value is not determined by your valuables. God says the most valuable things in life are not actually things at all. Hmm. Many people are driven by the need for approval. They allow the expectations of someone else to determine their actions. They need approval. And so they so long and seek and are driven. Do you approve of me? Do you love me? Am I doing enough? Are you happy with me? It could be the expectations of your mom and dad. Your mom and dad might not even be alive. It could be the expectations of maybe your spouse, your husband or wife, or your children. It could be your teacher. It could be your boss. It could be your friends. And they control your lives. Not necessarily because they want to, but you're driven by the need to be approved. The Bible says, there's a powerful scripture. We're going to talk more about this maybe next week. Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has planted eternity in the human heart. You have an inborn instinct that longs for immortality. 
This is because God designed you and me in his image to live forever. There's not one thing in this world that he made like us. All the, you know, if I butterfly, octopus, fuzzy wuzzy bear, crocodile with a big smile, they're not eternal. The trees, the gardens, the lawns, they're not eternal. This ball we live on is not eternal. But the moment you were conceived, you were, you live forever. God created us eternal. We will shed this tent, thank God. Give us a new one. And it's eternal. We were created with an eternal, with eternity. Ecclesiastes 3.11. God has planted eternity in your heart. And even those who believe, you know, eat, drink, die for, you know, there's nothing more tomorrow. There's still something in the heart believes there is. But they just, to believe that and to live to the higher power means you have to change life. Means you are now servant to him. There's a God. And while life on earth offers us many choices, and it does, eternity offers only two. It's really quite simple. Eternity, because we're eternal, eternity offers two choices. They're simple. Heaven or hell. It's the reality. Heaven or hell. Your relationship to God on earth will determine your relationship to him for the rest of eternity. If you learn to love and trust God's son, Jesus you will be invited to spend the rest of eternity with him. On the other hand, if you reject his love, if you reject his forgiveness, if you reject his salvation, you will spend eternity apart from God forever. And you know what? It's a conscious decision because if you choose not salvation in Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of your sins, You've made a decision. There's two choices. C.S. Lewis said this, quote, There are two kinds of people. Those who say to God, Thy will be done. And those to whom God says, All right then, have it your way. So let me come back. Psalms 139. I'm going to read it from the message this time. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, your breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit and how I was sculpted from nothing into something like an open book you watched me grow in conception to birth all the stages of my life were spread out before you the days of my life all prepared before I had even lived one day I invite you there might be somebody with us today and you're listening to this and you have not made that decision to make God your Lord, your Savior. You've not asked him to forgive you of your sins. You've not surrendered your life to Christ. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to do that. If there's a stirring in your heart, and you know and you want to believe this to be true, then open your heart to him, the God of love. Because you are God's masterpiece. There is no finer work by which he has designed 
you. Believe it. Embrace it. Because it will, it will determine where you go from this day forward. So I want to pray for you. And I want you just to invite, if you're in your living room, wherever you might be, would you open your heart and invite Jesus to be Lord? And if you've already made that decision, would you, when I pray, just begin to thank him? Let's thank him. Thank you, Jesus, for making me me. For you gave me a heart, you made me your child, you gave me Jesus. You know, thank you for making me me. Let's do that. Let me pray for you. So Father in heaven, I thank you that such a gift of salvation, such a gift of life that you have made us. We are a masterpiece. We are wonderfully made. You had happy thoughts of us. And none of it's coincidental. We're not an accident. And so, Lord, I pray, help us to let this truth sink into our core inner pains so that we can be healed by your word and by your Holy Spirit. Father, for those listening this morning, watching this morning, or listening at another time, Lord, for those that are opening their heart even right now and saying, God, forgive me of my sins. Lord, hear their prayer. And if you're praying that, and you're listening or watching this, just go ahead and pray that prayer. Father, just forgive us of our sins. Lord, we accept your love. We embrace you as our God. And our hearts are given to you afresh this day. Forgive us, Lord. We are your child. We choose to be your sons and daughters. And we reciprocate your love back to you. We place you on the throne of our lives. Come, take your place in our hearts. We thank you, God, for such a great gift you have given us, the gift of life. Thank you, Lord, for that gift of life. And Lord, we choose you. We choose to love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.